To hook or not to hook? The great debate on React class components versus hooks today on Cloud Dev Clarity. Hey, AC, how are you? Doing good. Yourself, Julie? We're doing really good. Today is the big day. The, the <laughs> thing that we've been foreshadowing for quite a while. I think people are anticipating that this conversation is, is the big battleground, you know, put them up. Yeah. I've been practicing, you know, jabbing. Like that's part of my workout in the morning. I, I just don't, I don't want it to be that. So absolutely, I don't think we, we need to. I think we have different perspectives on this topic, but um, I think they're all valid and uh, there's no right or wrong answer. And I think that's what we're going to maybe get to in the end when we, uh, when we get through this whole topic. But um, yeah. We reached out to some people ahead of time. Um, so we had a, we had kind of an open chat with some, with uh, on our, on the discord uh, channel for this. If you're not familiar with what we're talking about, the discord, you know, check the note, check the link in the the notes below, but we have a way or in the description below the video. Um, but there's a way that you can join the Voitano's discord uh, community. And we have a whole section set up where we like say, we post a forum post on the next episode we're going to go with. Um, and invite people to have like, what are your questions? What kind of things do you want? What questions do you want answered? And I know that, you know, we'll explain some of those and we'll have a goal of getting through all of those questions um, that are relevant to our discussion here. But I think that one of the reasons that you and I wanted to really do this or that one of selfishly, one of the reasons I really want to do it too um, was because we, I find that the question comes up and there's a lot of confusion on what react hooks are, and yep. what they're supposed to replace. And then people, and because they don't understand the what and the why they were introduced, I think that there's a lot of uh, waterfall misunderstandings or well, misunderstandings after that or, or um, preconceived notions that don't apply that are all based on this like false waterfall of assumptions that they've made early on. hundred percent agree with that. hundred percent right. agree with that. I think that's definitely the case. You could definitely see that in those questions that we got. Um, I could definitely see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so should we start by defining what we're talking about in a little more detail? Um, I got like idea. starting with, okay, what's your idea? What if we, what about, what about if we throw the questions out that people were asking us on discord? We don't answer mm-hmm. them right. now, but let's throw okay. them out there and let's see like, so you'll find out what questions we're going to answer throughout the show. And okay. then. We'll go back to the very end and we'll be like, did we get it? Yep. Nope. Oh, we oh okay. We'll all right. Yeah. All right. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that. Okay. So some of them were why and why not to use hooks, right? So that was definitely, and I can totally see where that question is, is useful. Is there any performance impacts? That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, when to use them. And I think we're definitely going to be able to cover that. And then our hooks, um, for reusable things for an entire component, uh, like our classes for one thing and components for, uh, excuse me, um, hooks for another thing. Like mm-hmm. where, where's that breaking point if there is one? So um, those are generally the co- uh, questions that we got posed mm-hmm. and um, we're def- we're going to try to t- address all of those. Yeah. And sprinkle in a bunch of our opinions. And it, right. And sprinkle in our battle. opinions. No, <laughs> but, we just are going to have different opinions. I yeah. Think. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the other thing I think we uh, we should say too, um, right up front is this is not about like shaming somebody. Like I, you know, you oh, you really? use what you want to use. Yeah, no, <laughs> I will not be shamed by you, sir. <laughs> oh, not you. I'm thinking about other people. <laughs> oh, here we go. All right. Um, 
All right. So uh, let's let's start because so class components. Let's just start with the fact that class components are how I develop my React uh, components and um, how I like to do things. And I have a particular reason why that works for me. But I think the biggest one is so a class component is essentially um, defining a class that's in usually its own file, but it doesn't have to be defining a class that is a React component. And so what that ends up being is that it ends up being like an HTML tag that you then use that instantiates the functionality you enclose in that component class. And so you inherit from react.component uh, or react.purecomponent, and um, that creates your little molecule of functionality or your atom of functionality within that component, that React component. So functional components, why don't you do the, the honors since you like them? So, well, all, all a functional component is that you're just creating an object, but it doesn't, you're not using like the class nomenclature. You're creating an right. object that's got functions on it. Um, that's going to, when you actually instantiate, it, it's going to return something the same way that a class is going to, it has a constructor. It works yep. the same way. Right. Um, right. to me, they're the, to me, they're the same, they're effectively the same thing from the consumer point of view. So I know that a right. lot of people that are, I know that a lot of people that, that watch this are SharePoint framework or like Microsoft 365 developers. This right. is not a, we're not going to be specific to that, but just for, as an understanding, you know, you build a web part has nothing to do with right. react and you're going to add in what looks like a funky HTML tag, um, or a non-standard HTML tag into your render method on a web part, and it's going to yep. render. From your point of view as the web part developer, you have no idea if that's a class component or if that's a functional component. It's just an object. Exactly. Right. right. So exactly. What hooks are is that there is a there's a more a functional uh, functional development is differs from the class based approach, where you simply you have similar things. You still got functions. You have you still have or methods, um, you still have, you know, public properties and stuff like that. Um, but functional is functional development or functional like scripting is like more traditional JavaScript stuff. We, the class approach is more is real. It came like after when we right. started doing like JavaScript scripting, like the, originally when you looked at a lot of the jQuery stuff and everything that was, that was when jQuery was the, was a big thing, I guess you could argue it still is, um, that, it was all still very much uh, functional component or functional like thing, functional objects you were building, functional components. Yep. And they weren't yep. building class-based stuff. TypeScript really helped people push over this whole, like I'm in a more managed language kind of mindset and object oriented. Yep. And so they brought a lot of the object oriented capabilities to um, the JavaScript world. All right. hooks, all functional components are, is just a different way of, of developing things and yep. of writing your objects. And, I think that one of the things that the reason why we have React hooks is that pr prior to um, prior to being able to have React hooks, we had a hard way of doing React to be able to hook into things like in the page life or in the the component lifecycle. So things like component did mount or component will mount or or stuff or uh, did unmount or something like stuff like that and properties changed. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Those were all class based methods that we would. Yes. override from the class that we were based on from the abstract class. Mm -hmm. and we had no way of really, we didn't have an, an, there wasn't no way, but it really it made doing functional development with react very hard without having 
um, without having access to those page lifecycle methods and being able to create like side effects and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What hooks does is hooks. All it does is it just, it's a way of doing react, but it makes it to where you can build your react components as a functional component instead of a class component, a more traditional class right. component. If you've heard of terms like higher order component or an HOC, that's the class style way of doing it. When yep. you hear hooks, it's kind of synonymous with functional component. Right. Right. And uh, as a sort of a cross pollination thing, Bob German and I did a browser native session specifically on how class components are now supported in the, you know, vanilla JavaScript or, you know, mm-hmm. out of the, out of the box JavaScript. So it's definitely something that has come to you know, the browser to have classes, but there's definitely a mindset, right? You are either, you you are generally of the mindset where maybe if you're coming from like a .NET C-sharp background, classes make inherent sense to you, where if you are coming from vanilla JS and maybe learning TypeScript or whatever, functional style programming is absolutely more mm-hmm. obvious, right? I think that is definitely a, a different differentiator. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fair. Yeah, yep. it's, and it's, I wouldn't, it's going to be a bit of an eye of, eye of the beholder, right? Um, but yes. I don't think one of them is better than the other one. This is where we're going to start to have our opinions kind of differ on things where. Exactly. Um, I don't know who wants to go first here. Do you want to do like, do you want me to do my opinion or you want to do yours first? Ladies first. Uh, yeah, I'll start because uh, so here's here's the background on on where the, I'm coming from. <laughs> where so, everybody thinks we're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So my background on this is we started, we made, we've talked about this in our intro videos or whatever. React sort of came on the the uh, came on the spotlight for us with the introduction of the SharePoint framework. And you and I were both Angular mm-hmm. uh, developers at that time, meaning that was our go to kind of client side development framework that we would use. And w- and then when SharePoint Framework came on the scene and it took a out of the box dependency on React, meaning that the first party components that are being built by Microsoft are built with React. Therefore, React is already loaded on the page. You just get to this point where you're like, why am I trying to swim up river with trying to load some other framework onto the page, adding extra weight, adding extra bloat? when I can just use the framework that's already loaded on the page and mm-hmm. and make use of that. So coming from that, we were in, we were sort of pre-hooks being introduced. And so you were, all, everybody was writing class components. That was the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, coming from writing code in a very um, MVC or MVVM type of methodology, I have always architected my client side code from the perspective of the view model or the UI or the place where I render my HTML and CSS is only in charge of the view. So any methods and functionality that I have in there, it is to support like button clicking or, or, you know, any kind of user interactivity with the page. And everything else that I need to do, I'm used to architecting into a service where I would put all of that business logic or, or data fetching functionality into some central code situation, which is either maybe a singleton or not, depending on the pattern, the architectural pattern that I need. And, and 
centralizing that kind of code. Even if back in the Angular days, I actually did a talk on the architecture of building sort of that MVVM type of style of of uh, architectural separation services mm-hmm. were, you know, part of Angular JS back in the day. I mean, it was a, a pattern that they embraced, and so I kind of have that pattern. And so, when Hooks came out, I was of this mind: okay, well, let's see what this is about. And to me, looking at functional programming style, although I can do it, it's not clean like I like. I, it's a very OCD kind of opinion, but it's sort of like. I have this ability to like look at a co- a, com- a class component and quickly my eye is just trained to see what that thing is doing. It's just, mm-hmm. I have a, a way of seeing it that just makes that really quick. And I know what that is. Whereas when I look at functional components and like use effect and those kinds of things, I feel like I'm trying to look between the code into the middle of the page to try to tease out, you know, what are the state properties here? What is, what are the events? What is happening with the page? And I find it just much harder to read. Doesn't make it better or worse. It just makes it different. So Mm -hmm. the only argument I've ever heard for where the hooks are better than the class components is what you just described, which is the issue with the state of, you know, attaching to those state event models, like mm-hmm. should component update, has component mounted, all a lot, a lot, a lot. I don't ever, not, like I, we talked about this before, not 90, 99% of my code never even touches those. I just don't even need to think about them. So I'm not, it was never really an onus for me to sort mm-hmm. of pick that up. So my opinion was, since this doesn't give me any benefit, why would I throw out all that historical code that I have that I can leverage for reuse, right? I have my snippets of code and my coding style, and I can code extremely quickly in this style. So why would I throw it all out? Mm-hmm. So I think that's sort of where I came from with no benefit that I could see. Yeah. So that, that was my sort of baseline So I and mean, my opinion. Yeah, and... I'm- Totally fair. Right. Um, and it is, I think it does, a lot of it does come down to. So I guess for me, it comes down to a couple different things. Um, I would encourage everybody to, first of all, I'd encourage everybody to at least try it. Right. So, so try it because yep. you don't know if you're, when you, when I, when I kept like looking at the code for working with hooks, I found that it was a, I had a little bit of a, um, it's kind of like learning TypeScript. Um, when you're switching mm-hmm. from JavaScript, like I, I looked at it, I was like going, yeah, I get it, but I don't really know. I don't really see where the value really is yet. And it wasn't until I forced myself to say, all right, this project is only going to be TypeScript, no JavaScript at all. I'm going to force myself to use TypeScript and I'm not going to put everything as an any, right? I'm going to actually go through and really try and go through and, and really type everything <laughs> yes. and really leverage the, really leverage the, the language. Um, and it wasn't until I did that with hooks that I started to really get I started to, to grok the benefit. And so for me, um, I like it for a couple different reasons. So first and foremost, I, I feel like I write a lot less code. Um, and I mean, I've looked at stuff that I've had to port uh, from using the, the class-based approach to using the hooks-based approach. And to me, I write a heck of a lot less. So like I do, I wrote a bunch of um, Microsoft learning modules uh, for Microsoft on Teams development, and it was using the the Yo Teams, um, uh, the Yeoman generator for Microsoft Teams, a community tool. 
And for the longest time, that was all based on using class-based uh, class-based components for React. Right. Um, they did an update to their project where everything was now hooks-based. And so I had to learn, I had to sit there and port everything in the modules over to hooks because that's what everybody was going to be seeing when they started doing the modules. And I found that when I did that, I was able to delete a lot more code of stuff mm-hmm. that I, of, I was writing before. Most specifically, it's around working with state. Um, and so before, you know, like with React, if you want to do something with state and you want to update a state value, but you have to use the previous state value as one of the thing, one of the, uh, in the, in the calculation of the new state. So something very simple, if you're going to do a counter, right. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mention this video that I did that I've published recently. Um, oh, right. that has this as an example. Um, but basically like, let's just say you have a counter and you have a button that when I click the button, I want the counter to increment by one and mm-hmm. I want to show in the UI. Well, naturally I have to get the value, the current value of that counter before I increment it by one. And to do that 100%. in a class-based approach, I would use the this.setState, um, yep. but I would have to use the, the implementation of that method that passed in the previous state to where yes. I could then, because you, state's immutable. So then I'd have to take the, the old state, create a brand new, yep. a copy of it as a new state, and then yep. use the old value in the counter to increment it by one and then return that back as the new state. Yeah, for sure. That is, you want to clone for sure. You want to clone your state variable, set it to like a, a local one in the, the method and then do whatever, change it and then reset it back. Absolutely. Yes. That is the pattern. So right, for because sure. I mean, it's, it states immutable. And so you have to, you can't go, yeah. you can't mutate it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I found that with, you know, well, with, with hooks, you don't have to do that because with hooks, when yep. you decide define a new state property, unlike with class-based components, and doing working with state, you create like one state object. It's a big interface that, well, not big, but it's an interface that you define as part of the declaration of the object. And all the properties that are in that state are inside of that, that interface. Um, whenever you want to mutate the state or whenever you want to change the state, you've got to return back in a brand new state object every time. Okay, that's fine. However, with hooks, what's different is that you now have a hook where you're hooking into something into react. And so for me, mm-hmm. or not for me, for everybody, there's a hook called use state and it, it yep. returns back two things. It returns back whatever the object is that comes that you, that you define. So counter, and then it returns a method that is essentially the callback that says, here's the thing you're going to use to change that state property. So generally the, the pattern is if I have a state value called counter, then the method is going to be called set counter. And right. it takes one parameter in. It's just, it's a number. Um, you can initialize and all that stuff. So that now when I want to go through and change the state, I don't have to worry about what the previous value was because I can just say this dot, or I can, it's not this. I can say set counter and then say counter plus one as the parameter right. going in. I don't have to worry about the previous state because it, it's just a, it's like a public member, a class-based member. Yeah. They, or, they're giving you a getter and a setter essentially. Right. right. Yeah. So that's one big thing is I feel like, Okay, that's a lot less code. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I like, and this kind of addresses the point that you had a second ago, and this is the part that I think that it's like, it's going to be hard for people to understand this until you actually give it a shot. And I tried to mm-hmm. show this in this video. Um, but the thing that, not this video, the one that I'll refer to in a minute. Um, <laughs> the the thing that I like about it is that, so when something happens in your component, and I don't mean like a button click or something like that, but all of that stuff works the exact same way between both of them. Absolutely. Like if you go to, if yep. it's an on-click handler, they all work the same. 
Yep. But one of the things in terms of like defining your button and defining the function that's going to then run when you click the button inside of it is where you can get, you can start leveraging the hook stuff where you say like, you know, set counter, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I like about it though, is that with hooks is that we can set up, we can define things called side effects. And so mm-hmm. a side effect is that when this, when this happens or when this changes or when these change, any of these change, then I want to go run some code. And mm-hmm. so I can use another hook called use effect. So otherwise known as use side effect, but there's no side in there. So it's like, I only mm-hmm. use effect to go run the following code. And then the second parameter you pass into it is an, is uh, an array. It's an optional primary you pass in, but it's an array of all the state properties that if any of them change, then I want this code to run. And so what I like yep. about that is that if I, you know, back to your example, that it's hard, it's easier to kind of see what's going on. If I collapse everything down to just the fun- function declarations, I can look at all the different declarations of where use effect is defined and look mm-hmm. at the second parameter and just be like, if, if any of these things change, then I know that this code's going to run. Mm-hmm. And there's a similar way to do to implement um, the, uh, the, what is it called on, um, uh, component did mount or component will mm-hmm. mount or component props did change or something, whatever it is. Yeah. But those two lifecycle methods, there's a way to go through and use a, to, to, I can't say use, use effect, leverage, use effect, <laughs> um, to do the same thing where you don't pass any parameters in. And that basically tells react going, this isn't based on anything. You're only going to run this when you initialize, you're never going to run yes. any other time. Right? Yep. What's kind of cool about this too is that there's something baked into it where unlike with class components, you you it it keeps you from being non-performant. Um, because with class-based components, every time you call set state, it's gonna re-render the component. Assuming you want it to. Assuming you want it to, but every time you call set state, it's going to do that, right? Mm. If you change the state. That particular, inside of the state associated with that component, yes, it will re-render. Right. So for the, for the scope, for that, for the scope of that component, if you, if you call set state, this dot set state inside the scope of that component, if you call it five times, it's going to re-render the component five times. That's correct. Yes. When you're doing it with, with hooks, when you call the set, whatever. So in my case, um, Mm -hmm set counter, or I guess the other one I have is set even odd is another property. I mm-hmm. have that those, when those things are called, um, even if I call them in succession, react has a little bit of like an internal timer that's batching those things together. It, you think they're synchronous, but they're not exactly synchronous. It can batch up the state changes together so that they all change at once. And then it will go through and do the component re-rendering one time. Mm-hmm. So that's, to me, I find that, number one, I like it because I find I write less code. Two, I find it to be, I can be more expressive about what I want to do. Whereas I feel like when I moved to React from Angular, I felt that I was being much more deliberate about everything that I wanted to have happen. I felt like Angular was, I was much more imperative of like teaching a 10-year-old on what chores you've got to go do. Like, here's a list, do these things. When I come back, you better have these things done in this order. Yeah, because right. of the way the binding worked with yeah. it, within Angular. Yeah, right. it was yeah. like that that two way binding thing. So you really didn't have to think about it in the same way. That was absolutely the hardest part about switching to React was sort of thinking like, 
managing, changing your mindset about how you would write your code to make sure that when you set state, everything was done. I have to totally agree with you there. It's more like React to me at the time when we were switching from Angular to React, I felt Mm -hmm. like Angular was much more imperative instructions on Mm -hmm. here's what you're going to do, where React was much more expressive. Like, here's what I want. Here's how I want it to work. You figure it out. Right. I have the same feel when I switch to hooks. Now the old, now the class component way of doing hooks to me Mm -hmm. feels much more imperative. Whereas Mm -hmm. now I feel like hooks is, is even a step further in that expressive, just like, Go clean your room. I'm not going to come in there and tell you, make your bed, put all the dirty clothes in the hamper, put, take the dishes downstairs, put them in the dishwasher. I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing that as much. You clearly do not have my 10 year old as a son. Oh no, I still have, I have a 13 year old. I still end up doing it. A 17 year old. I'm still doing that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm just, you know, I can tell my wife that, Hey, look, we need to get this. Done. She's like, okay. I get it all done. That just means, okay, okay. cool. We made dinner. But so when we're speaking to other adults, yes, yes, I understand. Yeah. Okay. We right, just so. have to change that paradigm a little. <laughs> she may disagree when you ask her the same thing about her giving me instructions. So I may be the child, but that's, I, you know, I digress. So to me, those are some of the benefits to it. And I, I get, and if you're interested in seeing kind of the difference here, I did. Uh, so I have a video that I've recently published and it, there's a blog post that goes along with it, but I tried to make it as, as basic as I could with this to where it's yeah. like, you've never done any, and, and the, honestly, the audience is SharePoint framework developers. These are the people I usually find going, I can't do hooks. Why can't I do hooks? Because the yep. thing that the Yeoman generator for the SharePoint framework, it always creates class components. Right. And so what I did was I broke the video into two, into two parts it's a relatively short-ish video, like 10 to 15 minutes or about 15-ish minutes, something like that. And the way what it does is it says, uh, you've created a brand new web part project, brand new project. You've got a single web part and it's a React-based web part. You want to convert it to be able to use hooks. That means you got to convert to a functional component. Here's what you have to do. Literally takes about 10, 15 seconds. Okay, now yeah. let's start taking it to the next level. How do we go through and start leveraging hooks? All right, let's use, let's use uh, the hook use state. Update the template. Now it's at an event handler to a button. So when you click the button, it increments a counter shows on the screen. But then I want to show, well, then how do I go through and do a, um, how do I implement a side effect for this? So you're going to mm-hmm. use the state, you're going to use the hook use effect to say, whenever the counter state property changes, go run this code. And this code says, let's look at the counter. And if it's even or odd, set the state on another property that will also write, that we're also having the rendering. And then the third yep piece that it does is a common scenario of how do I initialize this stuff? And I show like, well, here's how you go initialize, go get data from the SharePoint REST API and show a list of all the lists in the current SharePoint site. So it's yep. it's very basic. It's very simple. The video walks through all the pieces to it and the blog post uh, is, does like the diff. Uh, like I love, diff. since I have an early preview, I love how you wrote the blog post to really show the exact things that are changing. It looks like a GitHub pull request. So it's yeah. really nice in that way where you're like, oh, I know what this is, but it's in red. And here's the green that replaces that. And yeah. they're right next to each other. And that makes it really easy to sort of consume as somebody who, hey, if you want to embrace this, which, you know, full disclosure, there's nothing like we're of this. We have different sides of this, but it I think the thing that we were trying to say at the beginning is there's no shame in either. You you can use either one. In the end, it's all going to transpile down to plain JavaScript and you're really not, it's not going to make really any difference which one you use. So from right. the, the question that we had about performance impact, they're just, 
there just really isn't any performance benefit to one or the other unless you're doing something in a way trying to like, you know, ninja your way out of something because of the way you architected it in components, you know, class components versus hooks or what, or vice versa even. And, and you're ninjaing some way because you don't understand maybe how it's working and you've mm-hmm. created your own performance impact. Right? right. But I think inherently there's no com- benefit performance wise to one way or the other. There's no framework that's going to help you fix back. <laughs> Well, that's I was like, why are you smirking? Oh, now I get it. Yeah. yeah and, and that code is never fixed by the framework. Right, yeah. right, right. No. Is this going to make my code, code better? I'm going, I've seen your code. This isn't going to fix it. There's <laughs> yes. no magic button. Yes. Hmm. No, other, I have no idea what you're talking about. Never seen that. One of the that. other questions that we saw that came up um, that, that, we, that you covered early on, though, that I think is worth kind of highlighting here is that we had this kind of came up a couple different times of like, why, why should you or should you not use hooks? I think we kind of answered that where it's just kind of like, it really is up to you why you should or shouldn't use it. But the other one that I thought that I found people really getting wrapped around the axle on is when should I use it? You know, our hooks are, re- are reusable for reusable things like a text box or are they for entire components? Like a class would be for a dashboard or a page, but I hooks, I wouldn't mm-hmm. use it for smaller things. It's not like that. It's not like that yeah. to, to me. It's either you're either using a class-based component or you're using a hook. The size of it is up to you. It doesn't matter. There's nothing. One is not better for, I don't think one is better for one situation or the other. In fact, if you and I were both working on a project and if it's a SharePoint, we'd have to pick one, we'd have to pick one. But if I had, if it was like, Andrew, you're doing these three components and Julie, you're doing these three components. You could do them as class components and I could do them as functional components. And you just say, here's the, here's how you use it. Here's the public signature of it. And you send it back to me. It's like, Oh, 100%. What I was going to say is hooks can have class components in it, but not the other way around. Because you can't use effects within a component, right? It's all it's all localized inside of the component itself, is my understanding. I, I haven't tried that. But I, mean, I, I was see why told, and since I haven't done it myself, I don't know this 100%, but I was told that you, if you have a child component that is using hooks, you can't use that in a class component. So like if your return method returned something that used hooks, it can't, Mm -hmm. that you can't do it that way. You can do it the other way, but you can't do it. We, we maybe should look into that. I, I don't, that's what I was told. Maybe one of the listeners knows and they can tell us if if they can say, drop a comment. I I was just going to say, if you know the answer to that one, we want, we want to hear about it. So drop it in the comment below. Um, Yeah. But to that point, I haven't tried it because I'm okay. Like, yeah. I, you're one or the I, other. Right. Yeah. I've, I've already jumped off the deep end and I'm, I'm living, I only do stuff with hooks now. I don't touch, yep. I don't touch class components anymore. So I haven't, I haven't tried to mix and match. Yeah. It's interesting that the, the uh, confusion about it too, because um, we've talked about it a little bit, but I um, do the H2O uh, fluent UI library with Stefan Bauer. He does mm-hmm. the HTML and CSS core solution, but I do a React component version of the library or implementation of the library. And somebody reached out and asked why I didn't have a hooks version of it. I'm like, you don't need a hooks version. You can just, I have class components. That's how I write. They're all written as class components. You can just consume them in your React hooks solution. You don't have to, you don't have to convert them. And so that was like a, I think that's like you were saying right at the beginning. I think there's just 
like a general misconception sometimes about what hooks are about and where the where the shift got made. I I will say, and this is very much just me getting on the soapbox. Okay, um, mm. but I will say that I think that I think that React developers should at least give it a shot because at least try using hooks for a project or take an existing project and convert it to using hooks, not a gigantic project, but choose mm. something that's, that's relatively, you know, a modest size and implement it using hooks and do the, just do the exact same thing. No new functionality, exact same thing. And just see if you like it more. And the reason why I say that is because I think from my, or my unprofessional opinion or unprofessional survey, um, error rate of, you know, we're in the election season again. So error rate of 50, uh, plus minus 50. Um, that I think that most react stuff you see today are developers using hooks. Now that very yep. well could be that it's just that, you know, Hey, it's the new thing and everyone wants to use the new thing to show that they're cool. Um, I don't think so. I think that I, I do think that like I, I drank the Kool-Aid and I still drink the Kool-Aid because I do think it's a better way of doing things. I can't, I'm not saying they're always bad. I just think this, it's a better way of doing it. Or I'm not saying that, the, yeah, I'm not saying anybody who's not doing it is, is bad. Um, but the other thing I'm seeing is that stuff that is like other frameworks are built in the hook style way of doing things. So getting in that mindset, it's kind of like getting in the mindset of having, of using callbacks or getting in yep. the mindset of using promises that yep. you want to be in that mindset. So like there's a, there's a, uh, a web server, um, so if you do like, if you do node, if you do Java, if you do Node.js, there mm -hmm. is a very popular, uh, web server called express, um, yep. very lightweight way to express web server to use, to go through and implement, uh, a website using node. And there is a, um, there's two popular, uh, new ones that are kind of, that have come onto the scene. One is called Next.js. The other one mm -hmm. is called, um, uh, Remix. And Remix is basically, it's basically like client server react. And mm -hmm. the more I've played with it, the more I really, really like it because it's like, whereas before I used to always well, today, when we build like client, uh, a, a web app, you build the client side and then you build the server side. We have to get data from the server side, but right. it, it mixes the two to where there's like stuff built in where you have this, you have a hook called use loader where it knows to go through that you can define and say, well, here's the data that this um, list display thing is going to have to serve up. Mm -hmm. And if I, when I need the data, I just say like use loader. And so when it gets the data back, then I can go through and start doing stuff, but I define the function and how to go get all that data. I define it server side. So the data is fetched server side. And I only get what I need. So I don't have to do make those. Calls. Oh, so instead of making an actual fetch call to a rest endpoint that you've redefined in a certain way, you're it, just saying use this function and that sits on the server. It sits on the server and it, and, and remix knows when it, when it renders out the resulting code, you're going to deploy. It adds the stuff that says, here's how you call that. That in, mm -hmm. and if it's a security point, mm -hmm. it knows how to go through and add all the headers and all that kind of stuff. It's much quicker. Um, I played around with it for like a custom uh, tab for Microsoft Teams. Um, it was hard to kind of wire stuff because the current Yeoman generator for Teams is really hard coded to use Express. Um, right. But it wasn't. It didn't take too much for me to like to mm -hmm. throw that to throw all the Express stuff out or leverage what they already leverage the pieces that they did have and that I needed. Um, mm -hmm. to be able to use uh, Remix. 
anyway, the reason why I say is though, is that when you use remix, you definitely are in the hook style way of doing stuff. So interesting. There yeah. may be, there are things are, are, it just seems like that's where react is going. And so it's kind of a, you might as well take a look at it because you may end up kind of being, if you're going to be a react developer, you may end up being forced in that direction for a while. Yeah, or no, that's, that's fair. That's super fair. Yep. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. So let's see what else did we get asked that we maybe didn't answer? Um, what and why use what, why and why not use hooks? I think we got that. Yeah. Performance we talked about, yeah. uh, when to use, I think we sort of said it just depends on what you're going to use. Right. And then, well, I um, I think it doesn't matter. That's the thing. I think right. it's, it's more like yeah. that's not a, that's not a decision point. Right. Right. Exactly. Cool. So I think we've really summed this whole thing up. What do you so. think? I think so. I, and for those, I referenced the video uh, that I did earlier in the blog post. You'll, there'll be notes and the, um, or links in the, in the description below the video. If you're interested in checking that out, what do you think of react hooks? Do we answer your question during the episode? Let us know and drop a comment below or submit a topic to discuss on future cloud dev clarity episodes. And if you like this video, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe by smashing that subscribe button below the video so that you can see when we publish more Cloud Dev Clarity episode videos for developers on Microsoft 365 and Microsoft Azure topics, including React Hooks if you have any more ideas. Thanks. We'll see you next time.